0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon. We hope you had a fantastic Easter weekend here in the United States. Alex, how are you doing today, good sir? I am doing fantastic. How are you, buddy? You know what? Not doing too bad on this uh, rainy Friday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but yep. Alex, uh, we've been covering a lot of topics lately. We kind of had a meeting of the minds, and since you're the brilliant one here, today it looks like we're talking about how to choose a neighborhood to invest in and
1: what to look for. Mm-hmm. Yep. thought it would be... Something good to talk about. I was uh, reading through a blog and this kind of popped up as something we haven't really gone into and discussed in detail. So I think if we're going to do that today. And we can go, on, we'll probably go off on a bunch of different tangents, but we'll start with um, I don't know maybe some questions that you might have, and then we'll dive into it. All
0: right. So I guess being the um, the naive uh, rookie who isn't yet in real estate. Uh, the the big stigma with when it comes to neighborhoods is don't go to neighborhood A B or C because you might have to deal with person A B or C you know is that are, are the stereotypes and the stigmas that are attached to all neighborhoods correct or are those
1: just all fallacies
0: that you need to look past?
1: Yeah, I kind of I do look past all of that because you you don't really know till you get really to know the area street by street. Because one good example is we just talked about like where you live, and you live in a uh, he lives in a part of a town called Elliot, which is part of Pittsburgh, and Elliot's got a rough area, and it's got a really rough area, then it's got a decent area, then it's got a nice area. Mm-hmm. So within that area, there's probably four different areas within the area. Yeah. You know, so I wouldn't mind living where you are because it's away from most of the just the riffraff, the chaos, and, so yeah, and, yeah, and it's it's quiet, um, and that's the way really every neighborhood is. It might it might even be ways to even break it down even further, but that's how I do it. I break all neighborhoods down into, so when we talk about like an A-class neighborhood that's typically, in my, in, in my world, that means okay, you either have a really good school district, which is normally the case, and it's highly desirable, so therefore you have most families who are who are making well over the average income of the area are going to be moving there because they want their kids to go to the best school. That's an area that everybody wants to invest in because it's the safest, it makes the most sense, but what what do you think the downside is be would be from an investor's point of view if you want to buy in a really uh, cost. Yeah, cost. That's you're going to you're not going to get you very rarely going to get any sort of cash flow. In fact, you might get negative cash flow. But you will get a return. In the long run, you will get a return. So A, a areas are good, and uh, but you need. So I guess the topic today is, you know, what neighborhoods to buy in. But you need to ask yourself the question: Is what do I want my portfolio to look like? You know, am I buying? Am I going to be? Am I doing this to be safe? So safe would be, in my opinion, would be A or B or maybe C plus. That's safe right uh do you want to go a little bit riskier with the potential of a higher return on investment then you go with instead of a and b areas so we'll say we'll say low risk would be um, b and c areas and then you get you know the higher risk which is basically D areas. Mm-hmm. So D area to be, to contrast from what an A area is, is a D area is high crime, low average income throughout, throughout that area, and just visually when you drive through it, you, you can just see it's a D area. There's, it's just not clean, uh, houses are boarded up. Um, you might see in the news that there's a lot of things going on that you know you wouldn't want to be around and you wouldn't want to live there Like, but so the, the downside of buying in a D area is you have to you have to live with that you're 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 living with your tenants that are basically they don't have a whole lot to lose and I'm not I'm not ditching on folks that don't have a lot of money I mean that's just it's a fact of life you know if you don't have a lot of money it doesn't mean you're any less than a person who's a billionaire at all but you know what what we see though on a regular basis is if you don't do your screening correctly and even if you do you're still going to get burned right you know like i might have one out of a hundred properties that are in a areas that we have a problem tenant right the one that's a real problem that we have to evict and they're just causing trouble or dealing drugs or they're not paying the rent and we have to evict them or whatever it's like one out of a hundred if you're buying in a D area, it might be one out of 10 or right. one out of five. So that's the trade-off. And that's when you run your numbers on a D area, you have to run them differently. The The vacancy has to be maybe higher. The um, The legal column where you're gonna spend more for legal and evictions has to be higher. Right. Your Potential loss. management fee is going to be higher right. because we're going to charge at my ma- my management company will charge less for a higher rent in a good area because okay. just it's less work right you know we're going to work half as much and make twice as much to rent a portfolio in an a area than we are in a d area right so you just have to adjust your numbers the huge upside it's not just to adjust your numbers you have to adjust the way you manage mm-hmm. And the way you understand, your expectations have to be set at that D level. You know, you can't have A, a expectations. You're not gonna get uh, 900, I mean, there isn't even a 900 credit score. You're not gonna get 800, 700 credit scores in the area. It yeah, just not does have. not happen. Not You're not gonna get in an, a $700 single family home, three bedroom rental a person that's making six figures. That's not gonna happen either, very rarely. No, so no. You, so you just have to be adjustable. You have to be flexible.
0: One question I have is, and, and this there there might not be one true answer to this, and I think that's why I, I feel it's a it could be an important question. Is there any one lever, like say um, schools versus you know maybe problem? I don't want to say tenants because obviously you're you're talking about your surrounding neighbors, but you know maybe a higher crime rate um better school what's the biggest lever do you see that w- that could affect um a pro- property value is there one in particular or does it vary from neighborhood to neighborhood so that's why it's important so you, you're
1: asking me like what makes a property an
0: a or a B? yeah yeah is it i mean typically do you see is it um is it the school system that could increase that value is it a lower crime rate is it you know a mixture of everything is could this neighborhood? Could it be that it's a good school, even though like crime is a mm-hmm. little more? And then in that, the next neighborhood over, there's no crime whatsoever. But. Yeah.
1: Okay. No, it's a combination. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely a combination. Typically, I would think it's school district, right? Okay. Okay. But here's one that that'll that's different. That's it has to do when you're in the city of Pittsburgh. City of Pittsburgh schools is is not doesn't have the best reputation okay Ooh, that's why so when, you, when when you're gonna live <laughs> in um, let's say a Lawrenceville which Lawrence feels like trendy you know South side is it can be trendy um, Bloomfield the, it trendy is uh, what I see is there's shopping nearby mm-hmm. like you can walk down to the to the Broadway and just go to different shops you can get anything from tattoos to coffee to Chinese to you know uh, resale shops it's just a nice a it's nice wonderful. shopping yep. section and usually higher end like you always see a starbucks or something like that and but they don't have a good school district right but if you bought in lawrenceville 10 years ago and you're selling now you're making millions so lawrenceville is an a area right now but it doesn't have a good school district gotcha there we go okay so That's it's fine. not always school district you know mm-hmm. for sure so uh, a- usually suburban suburbs suburbs <laughs> suburbs <laughs> suburbs oh, excuse me suburbs uh, usually <laughs> suburbs are school district okay come to think of it I never thought about it that probably way, rural but,
0: areas yeah. like once you get out like maybe uh, Beaver County Butler County uh, no
1: just from- no not even there's like Carnegie Upper St Clair Scott Township they're oh, okay. all outside of the city parameters good deal yeah you know? <clears throat> but within the city there are definitely hot spots that you need to look for. So that's a good question. So it's not always a school district. But just to focus back on an A area, and then we'll work our way down. An A area typically in a suburb is a good school district, higher income, uh, higher sale prices, and lower returns. So we, you have to visualize as an investor, what do I want my portfolio to look like? Do I want it to be all in A areas? Then fine. You're going to buy in A areas, and that's, that's not a bad thing. You're just going to find probably less deals. You're going to get less return up front. I think on the back end, you're going to get just as good of a return, to be honest. But up front, you're not going to see that, you know. And it's going to take longer to build the portfolio. That's that's is that what you want to do? And a lot of a lot of the questions I'm asking you here. Real, really boil down to how much money do you have because some you know i can't afford me personally to buy everything in an a area i just don't have enough the funds. resources right yeah right. so i try to buy in less desirable areas but are still good and i would imagine especially in the a areas more
0: of like a catch and hold type scenario is that that's your long game in area is correct as far as like it's really seeing the profit you know down the line um, it's just safe it's, exactly. it's
1: very safe uh, low risk Low return. Yep. That's all. Yeah. But I do buy in A areas. You know, I buy in the full spectrum. You know, I don't focus on one specific spectrum. Do you think that's uh, important it's, to have? It's no, it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it isn't. I, I always the honesty. It is, it isn't. You could be focused on one specific area. I know investors that are focused on one specific area, and they are just hell bent on it, and they are in deep. They're in 100%, you know. And... There's nothing wrong with that because it could be something wrong with that, right? If, if that area doesn't work out, right. right? If you're not prudent on your due diligence and you don't do your homework, then being focused can be bad. Mm-hmm. But if you're really focused and you really know the area and you know every little in- intricacy about it, and what's going on and what's coming down the pike, you can be hugely successful. I just choose to be more diversified.
0: And that's really that's the beauty, I think, of real estate investing. It's all
1: personal preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I get the question asked me all the time, "Where do you buy?" I said, "I buy everywhere." And well, where should I buy? I I don't know. I don't know your tolerance <laughs> for. You know, you have to have a, a different tolerance level for A to D. Yes. A is your tolerance level can be much lower because there's less stress and less problems. So to ask me where do where should I buy? One way to delineate that is how much money do you have to invest if you don't have a lot then you might as well just rule out the a area right right exactly. and if you have a little tolerance for just stress and your um, your real estate iq is not high enough to handle a d then stay away from a d right now so you can narrow down the areas based on how much you have to invest and then your tolerance for you know your real estate iq and your tolerance for stress and such but these are things that every investor really needs to ask themselves. You know, instead of the question I, which I I'll get, hey, I got, I got a hundred thousand dollars. What should I do with it? It it should be, that's not a question. That's just that's <laughs> just somebody who's essentially just lazy and doesn't want to learn and put in the time. I mean, if you got a hundred thousand dollars and you just, and you want to do something with it, lend it to me, right. and then I'll do something with it, right. and I'll give you. 8, 9, 10, 12, 13% on your money. That's that's the answer. What do I do with it? Um, just give it to me because yeah. I know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> so that's not the right question. The question has to be, you know, uh, the question should be, what should I do with it once I come up with um, a dream, a game plan, a goal, and once I have the education in order in my mind so I can implement that game plan, you know? That's the lazy answer. So what I would do with a hundred thousand? Okay, so we covered an A area. Um, and in an A area, you're gonna have you're gonna have four different areas, right? You're gonna have like s- like super wealthy. Forget about it. You're never gonna buy something in an A area. Right. We have an area like that in where I'm from, which is Collier Township, which would be Nevillewood, which mm-hmm. there are literally a f- probably a dozen or. 20 million dollar homes up there Golf course. the rest of them are yeah like you know 500 to a million so in pittsburgh that's a lot of money that's a lot of money. some areas in the country that's that's like it's not like, a lot just but, to
0: put that in perspective guys because i'm i'm also born and raised here in the pittsburgh area when you say five hundred thousand to a million dollar my stomach still sinks and to know that's on the bottom <laughs> end of it it's my stomach going Ooh. yeah
1: so. so that's like you know the the upper echelon which you're not going to buy real estate in typically um a B part of an A area, so that would be an A A area, right? This would be an A, a B B section of an A area it would be, um, and you'll know these by driving through the neighborhoods. You know that's how that's typically how you do it. There's only there's a lot of research you could do on not online now, which is fantastic. You could be literally in in another state or another country and drive the neighborhoods through Google Maps. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. But there's Street nothing better than getting here and seeing it. You know you, yeah. know, you get so much out of the, off the internet. Especially, especially now that
0: it's springtime. You can get out again.
1: again. You have to be there. You have to see it. You have to feel it. And you have to get to get the vibe that's out there. And there's nothing that can take place of that. You know, nothing that can take place of just being here every day and doing it. And that's what I do. Uh, be, a B area... Is just essentially, you know, one step down from I'm an A. You know, you're not get, you're not getting the the super school district. You're getting a good school district. You're getting uh, average to over average income per household. You know, more of a working class neighborhood was, would be B and C. What's really important is to know in the B and C areas is to know where is the good. Where, what are those good neighborhoods? You know. So either know one you know a couple different things. What are the good areas of the B, C, and D, right? We can really lump those three in together. If you're going to buy in those areas, in a B area you could probably buy in in the the lower class of a B area. In a C and D area you want to be in. You want to find the perimeter where it's really it's still good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And again, we're we're being kind of a blanket statement about this, but it you don't know until you get to those areas and start driving through them, and and get to know agents who know the area and know other investors as they, you know, know what's going on. Like, like that's a flood zone down there, or that's high crime down there, or traffic's real bad down there during the day, things like that that you don't think about that will affect the rentability and the value of the property. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. and,
0: and I know you guys, you know, anybody listening at home or or during your commute uh you know alex spoke about where i live in and we literally can't give a better example of my half of the street is wonderful peaceful tran- tranquility i mean it's it's amazing the other literally the other half of the street is like a constant frat party you know so and it's it's gotten better but that's that's unless we would have gotten down there you know because you hear all the stories but it wasn't until you know we actually went down there like wait a minute this isn't a bad area mm-hmm. like you know and and yeah. we found out it's actually one of the best neighborhoods i've lived in. It, it's amazing so that's why you get out and look ladies and gentlemen yeah
1: because when you're out and looking guess guess what your tenants are doing they're doing the same thing Mm -hmm. so you're not going to attract good tenants if you once they get to know the area right you know you're going to attract what you attract Mm -hmm. so the the one that we can focus on now because we talked let's let's recap because i'm kind of bouncing here (laughs) we talked about a a areas safe low risk You know, no-brainer, right? If the numbers can make sense and leak and break even or even lose a little bit of money or make a 1% or 2% rate of return, you're doing well. So even 1% or 2% on an A would be... Yeah, okay. That's your your cash-on-cash return. That's not like what your end return is going to be when you sell it. Because, you know, a $300,000 house that appreciates 3% every year in 10 years is worth a heck of a lot more. And that's your wealth there. So every year your wealth is going up a lot right you're just not seeing it in your checkbook right now but you're on a balance sheet you're seeing it right. and that's when you get your return okay um the d areas like b and c's are great b and c areas are fantastic you just got to know like what street by street a little neighborhood within the neighborhoods um the little nuances of what's going on in that specific area and we could just go through just tons and tons of of things to look for, but that would take a long time to talk about. Now, D area, you were ask uh, yeah,
0: just real briefly. In, in B and C
1: areas, would those be the areas that you would
0: recommend when you go look at properties? Sometimes it, does, it, you know, and I, I know you always kind of recommend kind of talking to the neighbors if you see them out. Mm-hmm. But the B and C areas, would those really be the areas where? Yeah, let's talk to the neighbors and really find out what's, you know, if this is the the, I guess the higher end C, the high, you know, those or all B, I guess would probably be good, but
1: yeah anytime you could talk to anyone is good okay. you just gotta you have to take it all with a grain of salt because some people you talk to you might talk to a neighbor and they're just totally pessimistic and they give you a bad vibe mm-hmm. i've had that many times and i know the area so i'm like yeah i know you're you're just up you're just of <laughs> that kind of person and it I you got to take it all with a grain of salt you talk with the mailman you talk with Find the
0: neighborhood watchdog. You know that every neighborhood has that one person that they you, think you, they, you want to gather information.
1: <laughs> you're not taking one person's point of view. Yes, you're just gathering information, and then the more you gather, you know, sometimes the more confusing it can be too. But you just continue gathering information and continue knowing the neighborhoods by researching, by driving through them, by looking at houses. You just you get to absorb that. Okay, now on a D area, that's where you can make a really a lot of money, but the, this, the downside there is a lot of it is speculating. So when you're speculating, that means you you're risk you're um, gambling. So a D area is like a good example would be East Liberty. Um, Ten years ago, East Liberty was, was horrific. I mean, you could buy properties down there for just insanely low amounts of money. Mm-hmm. But what would you do with them? I mean, some of them were boarded up. Some needed torn down. Uh, every other home on a block was boarded up or, or fire had a fire or was torn down and the ones that are rented you're getting you know, some, some low class tenants there mm-hmm. and you're going to deal with that so if you said you hedged your bets and said I'm going to spend a million dollars and I'm going to buy two blocks or three blocks in East Liberty ten years ago if what happened didn't happen down mm-hmm. there You'd be stuck. You, you, it would have been a, not a good investment at all. That's yeah. one of those, you roll the dice and... Yeah, and, and how long can you wait? How long can you suffer through that? And how long financially can you do that? Because you're tying up all that cash and you're not seeing any sort of return. Now, the folks that you know saw the forest through the trees down there and they invested down there, they, they hit a, a grand slam because that, that place has exploded just, with, with just, um, new construction and it's everything. It's just exploded down there. Yeah, and just
0: for anybody that might be listening that isn't in the Pittsburgh area, East Liberty is a, a little neighborhood in Pittsburgh that mm-hmm. was very run down, And you know, through just through developing over over the, it was like a mm-hmm. good like five or six year plan. It went from I mean, I don't know it's it looked like nobody lived there. I mean literally it just yeah. was boarded up homes. I mean to now it's it's incredible. I mean, it's, it is—it's absolutely incredible.
1: So, when the, the reason I think that's easy to look back and say, "Oh, I know what, what happened there," but there was a lot of high tech stuff going on there. There was like Google and, uh, or, sorry, Google, Google, Google. <laughs> there was Google that came in. There is there's some hospitals down there. UPMC is big. Uh, there are some pretty high tech stuff going down there. Carnegie Mellon. A lot of that stuff's close, and that buzz started going around along with. Just some things starting to fall into place, and boom, next nice. thing next nice. thing you know, you have a booming market that mm-hmm. you can't touch real estate down there now, you know? It's incredible. But how do you see that 10 years ago? It's, it's, it's I never it's, would have thought of that. Yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know the magic pill for that one, because I, I get that question asked all the time, is what? where's the next hotspot? I mean, I don't, I don't know, and if I knew, I probably wouldn't tell you. See, and, and guys, like if, it, if I had a crystal ball and it said, this is the next hotspot, you think I'm going to tell everybody? Right. That? I don't know what the next hotspot is. Nobody knows. And to give everybody an
0: idea on how quick it could be, I actually moved out of the Pittsburgh area in two thousand and seven. Never would have imagined that East Liberty would East Liberty would ever have looked as nice as it did. Moved back in two thousand and nine, and by twenty ten, it was gorgeous already. Like, so it, it could be that quick. But guys, again, that's a very That's the needle in a haystack kind of fine. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, results may vary, and this isn't your typical result. So,
1: So when buying in a D area, you want to make sure that your rate of return, you you have to make sure that when you buy it, I mean, of course, unless you have endless amounts of money and you can wait, which most of us don't. So, when you buy, you have to make sure that that property is going to sustain itself based on what you paid for it like it's never going to go up in value so when you buy it know what you're getting into make sure it's going to be profitable somewhat knowing that your speculative plan on the back end could be could could gross you huge returns Mm -hmm. but if it doesn't you're still stuck with something that's okay right right Right. and that's that's a good plan to have when you go all in and that ace doesn't show up on the river you're kind of stuck and you're out yep. you know that's it so i don't like to play like that some people do and those are the again we've talked about this those are the ones that you see on on tv and in the movies those mm-hmm. are the ones that go all in and won they don't show you the 9999 others they that fail. went all in and failed yeah. i don't like to fail so you got to have some sort of contingency plan know when to risk know how much to risk when you do when you know when you when you do real estate wise man once said you always have to have a plan b yeah and a c and a d and, an and e. a e yep exactly <laughs> right? so we we discussed a, b, c, and D neighborhoods and i don't know if that was helpful it seemed like it should be but i don't know I'm, I'm 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 not sure if I was I was helpful. Today. I think you were what, helpful. What do you think? I, I think you were helpful, and especially yeah. because
0: in you know our market here in Pittsburgh is is I'd like to say a little different than a lot of other markets. Where are you here, you know. So, but I think this information would hold true in any market, in, in any climate, and you know no matter what what it, it is, um, because we're all going to have different styles of neighborhoods. So I do think this information was very very good, and I hope everybody at home got the same amount of. Um, of information at least took something away from it like i did so thank you good sir you're welcome any other icing you want to put on top of this cake are we wrapping this bad boy up Let's, let's call it a wrap calling it a wrap ladies and gentlemen this was how to choose a neighborhood to invest in as you can see there's a ton of variables that you can look at it's really about what you know you can handle um so go back in start looking at your neighborhoods talk to neighbors Look at homes and uh and start to figure out your plan from there. Listen, guys, make sure you're following all of our all of our work on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, look up Deacon Hoover or D H R E on those websites. Find all of our uh, all of our all of our podcasts on uh, Google Play, uh, Apple Music. I believe they're calling it now or Apple Podcasts, uh, Spreaker. Just type in Deacon Hoover into into your favorite podcasting service and you'll hear the the Deacon of Real Estate, Alex Deacon right here. Uh, You'll see his pop up along with Ian Hoover's uh, The Realtor Nation podcast. So for everyone here at Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors, I am Adam. This has been Alex. And for everyone else here, we thank you. We hope you enjoyed your Easter weekend. We're just about to start our Easter weekend. See you next week.